And the way that many of the uh, educational processes going is, is actually contrary to that, where it allows the computer to actually do everything for them. Well, that... We need to have students who will actually um, solve problems. Hey everybody, Dan Boone here, and let's talk about it tomorrow. We're glad that you're with us today. Uh, we think this will be informative for you, and we want to help uh, you as a parent or as a, an aunt or an uncle or a big brother, little brother, sister, brother, whatever, niece, nephew, uncle, aunt, <laughs> whatever else, whatever else I didn't say. Uh, talking about children today and some of the activities that are happening in the schools around us. And we have with us again our friend, uh, Kelly Hancock, who's the assistant pastor here at Church of Tomorrow, as well as a Christian school teacher. So welcome back. Yep, It's good to be here. Hey, we must have liked you last week. We got you back again. <laughs> got me this back week. one more time. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Hey, take us uh, a little bit into the schools in America about differentiating between the public schools and what they're able to do and, and what a private or a Christian or a parochial school might be able to do. Uh, your public school, of course, is going to be, um, I can't, I, I don't want to sound uh, too. Um, mean. Yeah, by saying <laughs> dictated. Uh, there's a, a, a dictated direction that they go um, with their, their curriculum and the things that they are um, asked or told to cover mm -hmm. in a school year. Uh, there are certain uh, guidelines that they must follow and uh, the testing that they have each year uh, a lot of their teaching is toward that uh, curriculum and toward that testing. And so it leaves out a lot of kids, a lot of individuals that may need specific help. Okay. And uh, you go to a parochial school, you might have uh, uh, a, more of an, uh, a general array where um, the teachers have more of a uh, decision with they, what they can choose to, to um, teach. Uh, you go into a Christian private school, uh, we focus upon biblical standards for all subject matter. Okay. Uh, we teach Bible. We teach all the other subjects. We bring in biblical uh, things uh, for the children to, to be founded upon. We bring in a biblical worldview as we're teaching the fundamentals. Uh, a a, Christian, a uh, Christian school... Um, looks at the individual child and is able to speak into that child's life and uh, see where they're at. They have that privilege of, and I'm not saying that there are not public school teachers that are not Christian, because mm -hmm. uh, there are, and I bless them in the name of Jesus. Uh, but the opportunity that a Christian teacher has to breathe life into that child in different ways that you may not have in a, in a public school setting. And so um, what I w want to encourage people is, is to get involved 
with what is going on in that classroom. You know, that's, uh, that, that's really important, I believe. And I know talking to some public school teachers, they're envious of you guys because you can actually follow like some discipline lines uh, that may not be able to be followed in the public school. Uh, you do have a lot more uh, freedom to be able to uh, say what you, you really know to be true and it's helpful for the child. You're not, you know, coming with some kind of an agenda that is maybe harmful or right. to the child or, or maybe uh, something that the parents are in agreement with. Um, man, that just makes a lot of difference. I, I was um, wanting to just kind of make mention what I've been seeing in the public school setting is that there seems to be almost an agenda that's being pushed hmm. that is contrary to traditional education. And uh, it, it's the state, a lot of times we call it the state, the public school um, the leadership behind public schools taking away the responsibility of child's uh, upbringing, taking it away almost as it were from the parents and putting it into the realm of the state. But yeah, just look at the stats though. I mean, our kids are so much smarter than they used to be. That stuff that you're talking about has got to be helping them. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, it's not. The, the actual... Uh, the uh, statistics show that the kids are not doing nearly mm -hmm. as well as they used to be. Uh, if you actually take a look at uh, like an eighth grade history test from 100 years ago, I would doubt that even you and I would be able to uh, do perfect on it <laughs> because of the way it was worded and what it was asking of the kids. Uh, and, and now... Uh, the 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 level of what kids are taught is is so much less than what I think they can are capable of doing. Well, they're learning all new sorts of things like cursive and things like that. I mean, you know, and mathematical. Uh, performance. <laughs> well, they're actually taking away cursive. That's what. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cursive isn't. Uh, I even have an aunt that does that. You know, she came to me and, and she says, oh, cursive, that's just, you know, that's a bunch of stuff we don't need to be worrying about anymore. We've got computers now. And, and I've actually had um, classes that we've taken as Christian teachers that have actually uh, said, we don't need to teach the traditional things anymore because we can find all that information on a computer. So now we're going to focus on some other things that are more important. Well, you know, mm. it's evident too in, in my studies along these lines that a liberal education, a liberal arts education, is not to put information in the heads of kids, but to teach them how to think. And I think that's what we're missing so much is, you know, the opportunity to reason because kids are so addicted to uh, getting their information from the internet, they know how to pull that up because you have any information you want in your hands. But how do we put together the information that makes it a useful tool and we have wisdom in how to use information? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it, it, even to the place I have watched since I taught in 88 until now, the creativity within students is far lacking because of the internet, because of um, 
being able to pull things up and everything basically is done for you. Mm -hmm. Kids need to know how to think. They need to know how to process. They need to know how to problem solve. Yes. And the way that many of the uh, educational processes going is, is actually contrary to that where it allows the computer to actually do everything for them. Well, that we need to have students who will actually um, solve problems. Hey, that sounds good to me. <laughs> hey, let's jump off onto something else too. You know, yeah. last week we talked a little bit about some of the, the gender things that are being done. Uh, we use the examples, uh, for instance, in Virginia. I want to jump into something here that I've come across recently having to do with the state of New Jersey. Mm. Uh, and this to me was appalling. What we talked about last week was good, but it was, I mean, it's good to talk about. One good stuff. Right. <clears throat> but this goes much further. Wow. And I just wanted to, to bring up some things and get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, they've got new curriculum in the state of New Jersey. And at the end of the second grade, uh, students would have to have a certain amount of information along these gender educational lines, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end of the fifth grade, they'd have to have uh, some things, eighth grade and then 12th grade. I want to pick on, and I've got it right in front of me, their yeah. actual a curriculum that they have to have children by the time they get out of second grade that wow. they need to be able to share this with them. And I want to touch some things. I'm not going to go through all of it in depth yeah. because I don't think it's appropriate for us to be right. talking. So it's uh, not even appropriate for us to even discuss, and yet it's going to be talked about in a classroom setting for I, second grade. I don't want a bunch of people that come down and make comments on what we're talking <laughs> about. You're, you're talking about that and that and that and that. Wow. Well, they were wanting first and second graders oh, wow. to talk about these things. <clears throat> uh, and this is, uh, this is written to the teacher of the class. You will notice that this lesson refers to girls and boys when identifying body parts. The use of a binary construct of gender as well as using gender, boys and girls, rather than the more accurate biological sex, male and female. Mm. It's purposeful given to the developmental stage of students. Lessons in higher grades use more precise language and begin to introduce a broader concept of gender. This lesson does, however, acknowledge that there are some body parts that mostly just girls have and some body parts that mostly just boys have. Being a boy or a girl doesn't have to mean you have those parts, but for the most, for most people, this is how their bodies are. And most people have a vulva and a vagina or a penis and testicles, but some people's bodies can be different. Your body is exactly what is right for you. And then go into different things about now, keep in mind, we're talking at the first most grade? second grade, most first or second grade, wow. the most of second grade. So we're talking about seven, eight-year-olds. Um, by the end of this lesson, students will be able to correctly identify at least four body parts of the female genitals. Secondly, correctly identify at least four body parts of the male genitalia. Huh. Number three, describe what is important for them to know the correct names for the genitals. And they keep they jump into here a little bit further, and uh, they they get down to going in in some detail to, wow. it, to say that 
they're, they want these little boys and girls, seven and eight years of age, to be able to know all the body parts uh, in mixed classes, boy and girls mixed together, and to be able to identify them and to use the proper names. And it just goes on and on, step three, step four, step five, step six. And then they ask the children to stand up and call the names out out loud in the classes, uh, both the correct names and then maybe the other names that uh, they thought about calling the body parts. Wow. Uh, and, and I'm not going to go into all this stuff, uh, but this is available online. I pulled it up a couple of weeks ago to read it. And I'm appalled at this age bracket yes. that instead of teaching math and science and history and all the things that you would think that a child would be uh, learning in school, they're taking this time to make sure they can properly identify certain sexual glands and mm -hmm. what their function is uh, to a certain point anyway. And I also pulled up um, a fifth grade study from another state just recently, and they included sexual reproduction for the 10, 11-year-olds uh, in their schools. And, you know, to me, sex education, and I know this as a teenager, that's a long time ago, right. that sex education was to teach you how to have sex. Yes, it was. I mean, that's what it's about. It still is. And so now we're shaking people up and awakening them. And so we say, you're a seven-year-old kid and you need to know what the correct anatomical mm -hmm. parts are, call, and then you need to know what they do, what they function, and how many holes are in the female body, and how many, how many all these kinds of things. Some of these schools are teaching even that a second grader would need to know, not New Jersey, but another one that we looked at, they need to, to know what in vitro fertilization is. I mean, come on. Wow. So you, wow. you teach them sex ed in the second grade, and then we'll teach them about uh, their circulatory system in the fifth grade and, wow. and their digestive in the sixth. Wow. And the, I mean, it's just, it's, um, there's an old Texas term, bass backwards. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And I think what they're doing when they bring this kind of information up to students at this age level, you do realize that at that age, well, and even further on, they're very curious. Mm -hmm. And so you bring that stuff up like that. It's not going to be anything for those teachers to have kids who are going to be in the bathrooms or in a corner and they're going to be checking someone else out, yeah. you know, to see if all this is true. Good point, teacher. Yeah, uh, we've had it happen, and we didn't even have any of that stuff. <laughs> they were already curious. <laughs> What's behind the cloth, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, from a pastoral standpoint, I've had to yeah. deal with some of those issues <laughs> with a parent that goes, "Oh my goodness!" Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got actually a schools that are wanting to uh, make this part of the educational process. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's good information. We want you, uh, as a concerned public citizen, an American patriot, uh, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, we, we think that, you know, you're probably watching the show, that means you probably have a brain, and maybe you appreciate uh, what we would call common sense, because after all, that'll take us down the road and get us further than we've, we've been if we'll keep using the practical, God-given human sense to be able to uh, help it to challenge our us 
to think about what we're here to do, and that is to build our country. That means involving our children to establish the foundation for them so that they know as, as a teenager and as an adult exactly how to reply and how to go out in the world, so to speak, yeah. and, and talk to people in a, in a human perspective, a patriotic perspective, a, a perspective that would agree uh, with the terms that Jesus Christ has died and risen again for us all to know. Yeah. We need to realize that we're raising tomorrow today. Yes. Everything about tomorrow is about everything about today. Yes. And it's not something that's going to be way out there. It's something we're building towards. Yes. And each step is vitally important. Sure Pastor Kelly, thank you so very yeah. much for being with us these last couple of weeks it's and been a privilege. the things that you've uh, been able to bring to the table. And we, yeah. we bless you and appreciate you for being with the middle school kids uh, and, and others there in the yeah. Christian school perspective. Yeah. Folks, uh, we love you. We care about you. We invite you to come check us out 10 a.m. Sunday mornings and 6.30 or 7 o'clock, depending on what week it is and what we're doing on Wednesday nights. Uh, 6800 North Bryan, Oklahoma City, 73121. And if you're visiting uh, from any part in the country, uh, hey, come join us 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Come join us on uh, Wednesday nights. Uh, if, you're, if you live in this area, uh, we'd love for you to check us out. If you don't have a good church that you're a part of right now, uh, we want you to come help make us better. We say God bless you in the name of Jesus. We'll catch you next time, Pastor Kelly. Amen. Okay, bye-bye. We'll